podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Vous écoutez le podcast We Are West Ham avec moi, Will Pugh, et mon ami, James Jones. And we are out here in sunny Lyon ahead of tonight's massive Europa League clash, West Ham United v Olympique Lyonnais. You'll have forgiven me for my French, offensive French accent already. Me and Jonesy are outside La Moderne Bar uh, near our hotel in the city centre, ahead of the game. It's about lunchtime, nice and pain-free, easy flight in this morning. And as excited as we were about the Seville game, Jonesy, I think it's fair to say that the overriding feeling of this afternoon, uh, as excited as we are, and although we've had a little bit of an early start this Thursday morning, is one more so, perhaps, of apprehension and the feeling that the game that we've got ahead of us this evening in France is going to be a bit more attritional, a bit less open, and frankly, um, we're a little bit less confident that West Ham are going to win. Well, firstly, mate, I'm not going to I'm not going to try and speak French like you just did there. I'll probably I'll probably offend more listeners than we already have done, but yeah, I mean, it's great to be here in the centre of Lyon. Um, but you're right, it's it's apprehension ahead of tonight. The, f- the first leg wasn't the worst result. Probably would have been nice to win, but the fact we got we got a makeshift defence. Um, Leon are going to have the, a full crowd behind them, like we did in the second leg against Sevilla in the last round. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot of a lot of things that seems to be working against us when you look at this game on paper, and when you factor in the poor performance against Brentford last weekend, it doesn't make a good reading. But we're here. Let's enjoy it. And. Um, you never know. Like West Ham, out of the last two years, has been has been pretty unpredictable, isn't it? That that is true. And don't you think as well that? I mean, I'm already annoyed at myself and us for starting this podcast, <laughs> like in such a dour fashion. We're we're sitting here in Europe watching West Ham United away. Picked up our tickets for the game for a Europa League quarter final <laughs> that West Ham United are involved in I know I think maybe just over the past few years of doing the podcast and the radio show before we were just conditioned to start every single broadcast with I mean it's a flipping Europa League quarter final Leon were no great shakes at the London Stadium last week we're obviously uh, the game was affected by the referee so I don't know, I mean, you know, the, the levels of excitement that we were displaying and that were coming through the uh, listeners' ears in the build-up to those two games against Sevilla, I feel like it's a completely different mindset already, and is that just because we're already too big time for early stage Europa League games, and just one campaign where we've done reasonably well, we're now like, nah, we're, be- we're better than this. And like, why on earth are we apprehensive or not just absolutely fizzing that we're on the continent watching West Ham in a Europa League quarter final that they've got a chance of actually progressing? Yeah, yeah, I'll make you right. And we probably should be a little bit more upbeat, but I think we, we're proof that playing that second leg at home when you're, when you're still in it, you're not completely out of the tyre 
does work in your favour. It can work in your favour, and it did for us. I think that's in the back of certainly the back of my mind. Um, but tonight, Leon are going to have a full ground behind them. As I said before, we've got two of our best defenders out, three of our best defenders out, including Bonner, against some pacey forwards that they've got. Um, but yeah, we should be more positive. Let's try and be a little bit more positive as well in the next half hour or so. Let's just try, apart from talking about Brentford, but we'll skip over that one a little bit. <laughs> but let's, let's try and be a little more positive. You know, it's going to be an experience one way or another. And regardless of whether we win or lose tonight, we have to be incredibly proud of our football club. And the fact that me and you are sitting here in the middle of Leon recording this podcast in April ahead of a quarterfinal of the League, like two years ago when Covid hit and we decided to go from radio show to podcast, this would have been like, nah, like, this was miles away from where we even envisaged us being, and here we are. So, yeah, let's be trouble on positive, enjoy it, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. If we can't, mate. We've got. It's, this is a, a. If we can't, it's an us problem. It's not a <laughs> yeah, yeah. world problem, is it? This is one of those things where <laughs> if we still manage to get downbeat and grumpy or apprehensive or whatever, yeah, ahead of a, an occasion like this, then yeah, it's definitely an us problem. So I'm glad we've got that one out of the way early. And I think, let's be honest, you know, we're joking about about. Um, whether it's Barcelona or Eintracht Frankfurt in the next round and jinxing it and all this sort of stuff but frankly any team who's had success in Europe before it's not plain sailing every single round is it part of European football and being a success in Europe on the continent for teams you know as big as Real Madrid and Barcelona and Manchester City uh, down to you know the Europa League side Unai Emery's teams and Sevilla and uh, Villarreal who've had the Spanish sides who had success in this tournament in particular, you can't tell me that every single tie was a breeze where they won, they always were at home in the second leg, or they always won the first leg and were comfortable going into the second. Yeah. It's not how it works, is it? And all right, the way Sevilla went was sort of the stuff dreams were made of, but we've won all going into the second leg. Well, our squad might be a bit depleted. Uh, they got some players missing as well. We'll talk to Tom Abadie. Uh, from the Football podcast later on in the show, or you will hear from him. Uh, we've already spoke to him earlier this week, um, but you know that that'll be on the this afternoon's podcast to look ahead to the game. And, and so I've already spoke to him, and they got some players missing as well. It's not plain sailing for either side. They're not absolutely brimming with confidence about beating West Ham either. So yeah, all the, all the re- all the more reason. Jonesy to be a little bit more upbeat. Uh, just a reminder, which, uh, as has been the case in the past few weeks, we appreciate it might have been a bit different. Um, but yeah, we're going to. It's no breaks this time. It's just going to be one continual spiel from me and Jonesy out here in Leon before you hear from Tom Abadie, like I mentioned, with the opposition view later on. Um, yeah, apologies, it's only come out on the day of the game but uh, we hope we get it up in enough time for most of you to have a listen to it beforehand we're pretty sure it'll make a pretty exciting listen nonetheless but we're just going to go straight through with this from me and Jonesy then you'll hear from Tom Abadie and that will be the end of the podcast don't forget you can follow us at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter we're we are West Ham pod on Instagram you can get us on Facebook as well search we are West Ham podcast search the same on YouTube where you'll get our channel uh, with little bits and pieces, video clips of the show. Um, 
and don't forget as well, I nearly forgot, because we're outside, Jonesy, just sitting in the pub, I haven't got my laptop in front of me like usual, no prompts or notes. Uh, I've done that housekeeping segment enough times now that I should remember it. And you can buy us a beer at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. And I'd just like to say a huge thanks. Uh, we mentioned it last week um, about you know me and Jonesy. And as I mentioned, we are sitting here as we speak with a couple of lefes in front of us. Uh, but I'd just like to say thanks very much to Rob Reeves, who bought us five pints. Uh, in the week said I hope your trip to Leon goes well really appreciate your hard work and effort that must go into producing what I think is an excellent pod I was going to wait till the end of the season to buy you some beers but the Leon trip feels like the right time hopefully to celebrate a win but if not to enjoy what West Ham have given us this season I never thought I would be alongside my son watching a game like the win over Seville I mean that obviously the bit about the father and son bit is uh, I've sort of rammed on about that um, about how amazing it was watching with my dad wonderful to hear that from Rob but uh, Josie absolutely great stuff to hear words like that and appreciate the pints which I think now is a good time to say cheers to Rob first of all yeah no um, yeah sound effects for podcasts ready, ready? one go. two three there we go, go. Cheers, Rob. outstanding podcast cheers Rob yeah no massive massive appreciation to Rob for that um and everyone else who has chipped else. in before, of which there have been plenty by now. Yeah, we've had, we've had plenty over the course of the season, and you know we're, we're always so grateful for for people chipping in and helping out. Um, as you've said many a time, mate, it does go on on beers uh, and, and this equipment and the equipment that we're actually using as well. It has contributed to that as well. So um, we just want to keep providing some good content for, for listeners and you know people like Rob and, and other people in the past who have, have kindly donated have uh, only allow us to do that better uh, we will be a lot more consistent obviously the last few weeks have been a bit difficult but um, but yeah thanks to Rob thanks to everyone else and uh, hopefully we'll be celebrating with those five beers tonight yeah absolutely mate absolutely yeah it has been quite a holiday heavy month for the pair of us <laughs> isn't it um, yeah so apologies that there's uh, been some inconsistencies in the days and times and uh, content and stuff we've, we've spat out it has been pretty challenging but uh, yeah as Jonesy mentioned there we do appreciate it right we're going to have to do it Jonesy we said we are just going to do a, a little brief chat before we get on to enjoy the day we do have to talk about Brentford though unfortunately um, I don't know really it, it, it's a bit trademark like the feelings I've got have been somewhat typical this season you feel like it's points we left behind however as soon as you try and look bigger picture it doesn't really look as bad obviously tonight will be a big swinger for that but Moisey this season it's been a trademark I was on um, BBC London yesterday it was so Wednesday just very very briefly but one of the things I got asked you know was how do you feel about the game given what happened against Brentford and it's easy to go, oh yeah, Brentford's so annoying and yeah, we're tired and the players are stuffed and we haven't got any energy and we should have signed in January. We've said that countless times this season. And usually, sort of eight times out of ten, <laughs> when we say that, the very next game, we bounce back and get a win. And it's always easy beforehand because perhaps it's in, certainly it's in my nature and a lot of West Ham fans' nature to, to be a little bit... I don't know, well, I suppose pessimistic is the word. Um, but ultimately, it's about time we had a bit of faith in Moisey and his ability and the players' ability to bounce back. Yeah, it was a, it was a poor performance 
Um, oh, I got absolutely nailed on on Twitter after for saying that that performance is proof, uh, or you know, or just sums up a lack of ambition of Jeremy Transfer window. I got absolutely nailed by a few fans. You do love a reactionary tweet, though, I don't do, you? I do, and I was quite vocal. I was, I had a few beers at that point in in Dubai, so yeah, I had a few. But um, I still stand by that. But at the same time, if you look at it from the other side, you know, I reckon there'd have been a lot of a lot of psychology behind. Well, not even psychology. Like they're thinking about today. They're thinking about Thursday night against Leon. Um, Brentford on the back of smashing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, on a high they are. You know, looks like they're going to stay in the Premier League, and they're at home. It, in hindsight, it wasn't a game that probably David Moyes or the players were really prioritising or really thinking. You know, like, this isn't really our priority at the moment. Thursday night is top four's gone. The only way we, we achieve Champions League football, which I think is pro- was probably the aim at some point, is right, let's go for the Europa League. Um, I think we still qualify for Europe. Um, but yeah, I think you know, we can... We, sorry, we technically have to win three games of football to be in the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah and but that's three, that's three games, or four games if you include the final. No, no, we don't have to win both legs of the semi. You can lose 4-0 sure. and win the next one 5 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at the, the calibre of team that we're going to have. Just roll with it. Just say yes. Yes, that is, it is correct. It is correct. But I think, um, I don't know, I just think we can talk about how a lack of investment in January has contributed to that performance and performances before. But at the end of the day, what's done is done. Brentford deserved it on the day. We were poor, probably our poorest performance of the season. We've had a few poor performances, but I mean that was probably the worst. Including against them earlier in the season. Exactly, yeah. Um, but we go again, and you're right, we have bounced back after defeats like that. So, yeah, and what better, what better time to try and bounce back than in the Europa League Court final? Let's just hope they do it. Losing Zoom was the big one, though, for me. Um, I don't know, just... Does he drop? Does he does he drop players in that game, or does he rotate heavily for that Brentford game? In hindsight, knowing that, who, knowing yeah. that there's a risk of injury, does he go right? Zuma, I desperately need you on Thursday, so I'm going to start Dia. Um, because you look back now, in hindsight, that's not going to change the result, is it? We lost the game anyway. Oh, yeah. We obviously Billy picks a team that's never going to win or lose. He wants to pick the team to win, but in hindsight, you go, did he need to start Zuma? Was it a priority? But then, but then, you can't you can't literally like. And I know it sounds silly, and people will say but you can't throw the game because you could easily you say that about Declan Rice, about Jared Bowen, and True. well, those players particular in particular. They're, they're they're the three, aren't they? Jared Bowen, Declan Rice, and Kurt Zuma. Who you say? Well, and, it, and it, they're the three key ones, really. And. I'm throwing the game strong because we've had some good performances with our fringe players so far this season anyway but yeah I just think I think there is a bit of psychology to it we have to excuse the the le fire engine going past us at the moment <laughs> um, uh, yeah and I, I just think there's a you could always say that can you you know there's plenty of games that they've all played the idea of football games is like you play your best team. We're still in the mixer in the Prem, aren't we? So if we don't win the Europa League, which is more likely than not, then we still want to be in the top six and be in it again next season. That is literally the point, isn't it? So and to do that, 
Brentford and three points against Brentford was was important, not as important as Thursday, but you venture into that, like, who do you play or do you just put out the under-16? I think more a lot of the frustration as well that came out after that game was that before we played that game, everyone, barring Spurs, had dropped points around us. United lost, Arsenal lost, Wolves lost on Friday night. It was a real opportunity for us to get three more points really consolidate our place in the top six they probably would have all but secured a top six finish because Wolves would have been same amount of games four or five points behind us in seventh I think um, and it would have put the pre- we still got to play Arsenal it would have put the pressure on the other side so that, again that's where a lot of my frustration was born out was the fact that everyone's lost you know Saturday I was looking at the scores going this is brilliant woke up Saturday morning to the, the Newcastle beating Wolves and gone brilliant Right, this is got Brentford on Sunday. That's a winnable game. Right, this, this is our this is our opportunity to really get some points back because we played more games than everyone else. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity for us. And it didn't happen. Doesn't that sort of disprove your own point though? Where you've just gone, ah, oh, should he play Zuma? Should he play this? Like Sunday was an important game, not to us, and but exactly exact for everything you've just said, it was a big game for West Ham. So. Don't you almost like that's sort of an argument for playing the team he played? Is it not? No, I, th- I think what I mean is that there was an opportunity there. I mean, I, I won't go as far as say it was a big, big game for us. It was, a, it was an opportunity to get three, three important points. Um, but what I would have liked to have seen from Moyes, and it's easy for me to say this now in hindsight, but it's just, and we haven't seen a lot of it this season. We've only really seen it out of him being forced into it through injuries. Show a little bit of faith in, in those bench players that he's he's literally used as bench players all season when he needs to. Um, it, it does feel like he hasn't got a great deal of trust in some of those bench players to come in. And I don't know whether you agree or not, but someone like Diop to come in and go right, okay, we need to win this game, and I trust Diop to be good at the back. Uh, we need to win this game. I trust Noble Noble to step in in midfield, or I trust trust Yarmolenko. He's had a bit of a resurgence. Or you know, I trust Vlasic from the start, which we rarely get. You know, he spent 25 million quid on the on the poor bloke. Right, give him give him a chance, start him. Um, Your mate Alex Crow. Alex Crow, my curly head mate. Like, where's he? Like, what's going on with him? You know, it, it just. I, that's what I mean by it is that you know we we're still good enough. We're still good enough. We're still good enough to win to beat Brentford. But we weren't with our strongest team, so we're obviously not. But, well, I mean, there are other factors that stopped us from winning that game, like, like us being absolutely shattered, um, like Antonio being the only striker West Ham have ever had, and rubbish, and rubbish. Um, Zuma getting injured in the first half, um, them having one eye on tonight in the Europa League, but uh, Brentford being at home, Brentford on the back of smashing Chelsea. There's so many things that went into it. But I still feel like you know we've got we've got a good enough squad, regardless of whether it's thin and we haven't got the depth to be able to go to Brentford and win without having to rely on Zuma. No, I, do, I do generally believe that. And you what you want David Moyes? You just want to see a bit more trust from David Moyes in his other player. Clearly he doesn't have it. Clearly he doesn't have it. Otherwise he would have done it. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. But <laughs> I just think that whole thing is a bit of a farce, really, because you, there's no, like the reason it, it might, I don't think it's a lack of trust. 
A, you can't go into every single football game assuming that your players are going to get injured. Like, you can't do that because you'd never start any of your players. Secondly, Issa Diop is to central defenders as Skodas are to cars. Uh, whereas Kurt Zuma is the sort of Range Rover Mercedes Benz sort of thing. <laughs> Listen, we're sitting on a street in Leon, and I'm looking directly at a uh, what I thought was a Skoda. It's actually an Opal, uh, which, and I've just seen a Range Rover Evoque whip past. So I'm, I'm making up these analogies on the spot, mate. <laughs> Please don't laugh at me. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, no disrespect to Skoda. No, there is from me. Oh, right. Yeah, if you own a Skoda, I am disrespecting you. I just want to know. Uh, also, I've had the microphone pointed at me this whole time, so I don't think anyone heard your interjections. It sounds like me, a one-man monologue. Um, no, but I'm saying that. Like, energy... Oh, energy is a factor. I get that. I understand that. But you can't go into every game assuming your players are going to get injured because you'd never play them other than the big games. The Premier League games are still big. And I just think... And a 70% Kurt Zuma is better than a, you know, whatever version of Isadio we get these days. And Yarmolenko's had a couple of amazing stories recently, which I've loved. But Jared, a 60% Jared Bowen is better than him. Um, and, you know, I think that applies to any of those players you said, really. Alex Kral's obviously no good. Mark Noble, legend, but, you know, he's a. I think he's weirdly done okay this season, but starting from the beginning, I understand why Moisey's done it, but it all links back to the January stuff. Listen, I think we've done enough of that. Have you got anything else to say? Because I haven't really. We lost the game. It's a bit annoying. It was important. I understand why Moisey's played those players. We should have had more in January, but um, is, is there anything else you, you want to add on that? No, I don't think so. We... Um we forget about it now. We've got bigger games to, to, to worry about today. Um, and then, obviously, at the weekend against Burnley. Um, so, yeah, let's put the Brentford game behind us, Brentford performance behind us, and, and look, to, look to bigger games. Bigger fish to fry. Um, well, then, tonight, then, Jonesy, how are you feeling? I say, you'll, you'll hear from Tom Abadie uh, in a little while for some more detail on Leon and what to expect. and etc etc but actually the more we've, we've more we've chatted about this and the more I think you know Brentford, I, don't, I really don't care about Brentford I've been saying it for a week and it'd be great to finish top six of course I want to do that again because I want to do all this again but ultimately you've got to grab the nettle strike while the iron's hot any other general life cliches or whatever sayings I should have left that one to you actually uh, strike by the iron's hot grab the nettle by the do you know what the nettle one is? no I got a clue mate grab the nettle by the root uh, I yeah if anyone knows get in touch at we are underscore West Ham <laughs> but you know what I mean grab the ball by the horns that's a good one that's a bit more Seville friendly because of the huge ball ring there have you got any like French specific like Francophile phrases that establish what I'm trying to say grab the frog by the legs Grab the snail by the shell. Grab the garlic by the clove. I <laughs> uh, don't know. No, I'm, I'm, you're beating me with that. We're veering into stereotypical 
I don't want to say racism, but <laughs> yeah, borderline. <laughs> it's borderline. Yeah, xenophobia. Exactly, that's a far better word. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I just think, and I hate that about football, where all of the chat on Sky Sports you hear all the time is our oh, top four and should teams be prioritising the Premier League? Da da da. Like over the competition. It's like it's such a weird, like dynamic or thought mindset for me because it's like. You're saying, uh, should these teams prioritise the Premier League so they get in the cha- like over the Champions League or the Europa League, so they qualify for it next year? It's like, well, what was the point of all last year's work then to get into it if you're just going to go, no, 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 you're right. It's just so like business heavy, and I just think stuff all that. Like listening to pundits on Sky talking as if they like as if they're like chairman or owners who are like trying to balance the books it's like what are you talking about give me a Europa League semi-final and West Ham finishing ninth this season every single day of the week and then next year go again and have a run in the Prem like, like it's such a weird thing to say ah oh, Oh, I should be prioritising, you know, target the Prem because it's more important. The reason it's more important is because success in the Premier League gets you qualification for these huge occasions, huge tournaments. It does my head in, like the idea that once you're in them, you would then prioritise the thing that gets you in them again over actually doing well in the thing you tried so hard to qualify for. Just makes zero sense. And it also that that train of thought makes no sense when winning these competitions automatically make sure that you qualify like with the Europa League the reason why they changed it that if you win the Europa League in the Champions League was to give those teams that weren't prioritising it the incentive to go no right you've got to try and win this competition because if you have a bad league season you still have to fall back on and that's what we that's what I did that's what we want to try and do this season and we've got an opportunity to do it Um, see I've never really understood it it's not just pundits and Sky and all the rest of it it's some fans of some of these big clubs as well. I mean, we saw it from, I, I say big clubs, I'm not talking about a big club here, but we saw it from Spurs fans t- turning their noses up at the conference they go to this season. And it's like, well, you've been in the, yeah, okay, you got the Champions League final a few years ago, well done. You've been in the Champions League for a few times, but it's still a European competition. Um, you can't turn your noses up at it. Um, I will turn my nose up at the European Conference League next year. I wouldn't. Okay, yeah, okay. We've, we've had so much fun. This has been such a great journey this season for, for the, in the Europa League. And obviously, I'd much rather be in the Europa League. I'd much rather be in the Champions League. I'd much rather be in the Club World Cup for kind of that. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather be in bigger competition. But I think if you're in a European competition, you can't turn your noses up at it. You've got to, you've got to go, okay, right, can we win this competition? Let's try and win it. There are, like, Grades of European competitions, aren't there? Well, I mean, the reason why they gave the, they put the Conference League in there was to give clubs like Spurs a bit of a more of an opportunity to, to, to play in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's why I think we're waiting. If it weren't for them, you wouldn't have been in Europe this year. You should have been recent Champions League finalists, yeah. Spurs. Give them, give them an opportunity, give them a chance. Um, that's, uh, for someone like West Ham, though, like. This journey was almost. You couldn't even think about it two years ago. Um, now we're here. This is the f- obviously when you consider the fact that our previous two attempts at getting to the group stage were scuppered by Astra, who have just been relegated to the third <laughs> tier of Romanian football. For con- like, what's going on there? I genuinely think me and you could get a game for them. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we had to beat like. 
book a car on the way through and like, we only managed to do them on penalties um, the fact is that what we've right, this is the first time we've really experienced this in our lifetime in our lifetime some fans obviously would have experienced it many many years ago so if we don't qualify for the Europa League and then get the Conference League next year we're still in Europe we're still in group stage competition we're still potentially going to be coming out and get some big Okay, some big European clubs. I mean, Roma are in the in the Europa League. You know, Leicester have dropped down to it this year. Leicester playing PSV. Like, that's that's a Europa League game, really. But it's a, it's currently a Conference League quarter final. So you still get good games in there. You've just got to get through the group stage, which Spurs couldn't do. Yeah, yeah so I just couldn't be bothered. No, I, I do understand that, and I'm not pr- I'm not really proud of myself for thinking it, but I can guarantee you that. Because last year I was fizzing at the idea of getting the Conference League. I can guarantee you if we got Conference League next season and we had NS Muir away, whilst I've like basically upended every single part of my life this like since September, and I mean financially, professionally and whatever, to ensure I've been at as many home and away Europa League games as possible. I can guarantee you that NS Muir are away, who Tottenham did lose to, would not, would not, um, oh, well, I just, sorry, just to interrupt here, uh, I'm you're currently looking at a topless rollerblader, who's haired up to the traffic lights, oh, yeah. like, they're ga- like he's got a death wish, doing spins, little skids, yeah, it's quite pleasing so yeah. pair of headphones on probably this podcast I'd imagine yeah last week's episode uh, yeah I can guarantee you mate that the prospect of NS Muir away and that's why we were saying earlier isn't it you know mad respect to fans of I know like Man United like proper fans I mean I know there's not most people don't think there's many of them but proper Man United fans who love Man United as much as we love West Ham who go home and away and spend their hard earned time and money on following their club because you sh- I just I don't know mate I'm putting this out I'd like to do it I'm sure it'd be fun but I wouldn't be spending the sort of money we've spent on this trip and the sort of time and annual leave and whatever I'm kind of flipping NS Mirror away or some of the other like crap games and I think that's the problem with like the way you for of tried to make same what they did with Europa League isn't it? and tried to make these competitions bigger bigger does not mean better in football terms does it I know what you mean um, but I still stand by the fact that I don't think a club, a club like us that have had one season in the Europa League and have done incredibly well I, don't, I just don't think we're in a position I know I've just dug out Tottenham quite a lot there and, but Tottenham probably are in a position to maybe go, oh, you know, well, we weren't in the Champions League final a few years ago. It's the equivalent of them dropping down at a League One sort of thing. Um, but what's the point? But I just don't think that we as a football club at this stage in our in our history can really turn our noses up at the Europa Conference League. I just no. don't think we can. I don't think we can. I agree. But I also will not be behaving like that. <laughs> but not a single part of what you said is arguable, really. It's all like really logical and sensible. But I'm just telling you, <laughs> obviously, that she's. I'm an I'm an immediate 
football snob already. Not I'm one of that. I used to look at Man United, you know, they'd like been Europa League, Villarreal away. And I think I would give my right leg yeah. to watch West Ham play away at Villarreal once. And now we've had one season of it. All right, delighted we've been able to go. Uh, you know, home at home or away. You know, the London Stadium occasions have been magical as well. The away games have been great, but that Sevilla at home game was, you know, that was amazing. That was probably my favourite game of the whole thing. So it's not just like uh, away games are great. It, that's a massive part for me, and I love being able to travel to the games. But the Seville game was was you know unrivaled home or away West Ham games I've been to. It was amazing. Um, yeah, and I've, I've just immediately switched. Having had a taste of it, I'm like, yeah, anything else, that that's that's the bar now, that's a low bar. And frankly, Jonesy, anything below that now is beneath me. I, I never had you down as a football snob, if I'm honest. Well, I'm like sort of a general snob, despite having absolutely no grounds to be snobby about anything. <laughs> I mean, I know you're a general snob, but football snob's probably... Beyond what I thought you were capable of, yeah, but um, I, th- I think I think I'm the I'm the world's poorest snob. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think your mindset will change if we do end up in the conference league. Your mindset might change a little bit once we know who's qualified for it. Because last year, I mean, you, before we had Roma in it, PSV were in it, um, some decent European clubs. Um, fair enough, Roma struggled a little bit, lost to Bodo Glimp or Glimp or whatever they are. Um, they were still in the competition, I think. Yeah, they beat Celtic, didn't they? Yeah, so they're still in it. I mean, they might go on and win it. Um, and if, if a team like Bodo can go and win the, the Conference League, then we'll come West Ham next season. We're not even That's what yet. Tottenham said last year. <laughs> yeah, we're not even in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. true. But yeah, let's let's not run before we can walk. Good cliche, that. That is that is a good cliche. But we have we have we're walked this season, so we should be running. Well, we, I, I'd say we, we've, we've, we're already running. If anything, we're sprinting. Well, I think this is jogging. You're over Conference League's walking, Champions League sprinting. Okay, so we're, we're jogging, but we've not done a lot of training. We're, we're almost we're doing a, we're doing a 10k with no training, and I've done that before, and I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. So we're blowing out of our asses. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, a marathon is too much at this stage. 100. percent Yeah, 100. percent So let's, let's start doing. You know, just you never know. We might we might get into sprint mode, find a little bit of energy somewhere tonight. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the comments, I don't know why this is turning the co- uh, chat about the comments. Very, very weird conversation. This yeah. is turned here. Uh, right, look, Jonesy, I think we've been here now for 34 minutes. I think we said half an hour for this chat. We have got Tom Abadie coming up next from the Football podcast. Talked about tonight, then. Uh, I know we said we'd try and be positive, and I am really. Uh, you know, a couple of beers this afternoon. Nice chat for you, always cheers me up. Um, as far as the game goes, I don't know, man. I just think the prospect of playing in front of a, a nearly packed Tom will, has got some interesting insight into the ticketing situation for the home fans, not just the West Ham fans who got home tickets. I don't think it's going to be a proper full house, 60,000 seat stadium. It's not going to be far off, just shy of 3,000 West Ham away fans in there, some neutral fans as well, you know, three to three and a half. West Ham supporting fans in the ground. It's going to be a huge atmosphere. We saw last week with the old dark arts of the European football that Leon employed. And as I mentioned earlier, it's not being successful in Europe isn't always about 
open games against Seville where you come out on top. It's about attritional affairs where you get on the right side of a few refereeing decisions, perhaps embellish a couple of challenges, as Leon were really good at last season, last week, sorry, because they're an experienced European side. I think pragmatically and just thinking with my head rather than my heart, I think it's a, a real challenge with the players we've got available for us to get through. But the amount of games, not not just in my life that I've gone into thinking West Ham have got absolutely no chance, but particularly this season and last under Moisey, and we've come up with a result. You know, it's not football is not all about head. Football is just as much heart as head. And uh, yeah, just chatting to you for thirty. Six minutes, Jonesy. I'm basically convinced. Not only are we going to get through tonight, we're definitely going to win the whole competition. Don't burst a bubble now, son. I won't. No, the, the first leg was um, good and bad in, in parts. I think you, you put it right in that Leon's experience shone through a little bit. Um, we showed, uh, particularly Creswell, showed a lot of naivety. Um, still don't think it was a red card but it was still naive for him to put, put himself in that position um, and Leon were Leon didn't really batter us but they just knew how to contain us they knew how to because they, they, they used to be in, I think really Champions League semi-final not long ago um, so um, yeah it is what it is um, there's a guy behind me making behind you making weird like hand signals at me I don't know what he was doing he's gone now he's thrown me off he was looking at me just like like, like he was rocking a baby or something weirder than the topless guy on roller skates close close but yeah I think the fact we're still in it is good it all hangs in how David Moyes really wants to approach it does he go out like he did with the severe second league okay that one was at home probably a little bit more safer to do but right okay let's just chuck everything out let's chuck everything out from the start let's get them rattled early on which is what we did to Severe and it worked or does he bide his time and we had this, this exact same conversation before that second leg against Severe in the last round um, I, I see I, I don't see Leon as as experienced as Severe Severe are like the masters of Europa League football so I wonder whether that's what, what he does is he goes right okay, we haven't got the defence for it let's go for it let's go for it and do you know what part yeah. of me I've been thinking a lot about it part of me I'd rather us go for it from the beginning rather than just kind of be a little bit more pragmatic and kind of try and catch him on the break and lose 1-0 I'd rather us really go for it from the off and lose 3-0 because at least then you can go we went for that we really went for it and it didn't work um, but at the same time, my, my train of thought is that regardless of whether we win or lose, I, yeah, like, I will not be upset, really. I'd just be more just proud and happy yeah, with the fact yeah. that we're here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think Leon will have, they'll have the advantage, obviously, because they're at home and they have the experience, but I don't think they're as good a team as Syria. We've got enough to be able to beat them. I think we showed that in stages in that first day that we're good enough to beat them. I'd be Hadi Leverman for the 90 minutes maybe we might have done that first leg I don't know but we need to not be as naive as we were in the first leg I think. and um, we need to find a way of stopping Ndombele in midfield because um, he's a 
very, very good central midfielder. That why it didn't work out for my Spurs, I don't know. But stop him, and he cut off a lot of what they're good at. I think, and that's what I think. That's what Declan Rice is going to have to be tasked with this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what, mate? I don't like the if we win or lose chat because that sounds to me like you're prepping yourself for a defeat. So I think for the purposes of this podcast, which we started quite dourly, and yeah, I think I think we started this podcast with too much head and not enough heart. Um, stop giggling <laughs> at home. Um, yeah, I think that that is exactly it. Too much head, not enough heart. If you listen back to those severe podcasts, mate, both of them, home and away, absolute fizz on. You know, from me and you, they're an amazing European side. They've won the competition God knows how many times. Severe are better than Leon. Yeah. And so, yeah. And we, we may have started this podcast with head, but we're going to finish it with heart. So, talk to me. I am. Obviously, I couldn't make it to, out to Seville for that, for that first day. Um, this is my first trip away trip abroad this season it's my first away one um, so I am just as excited as anyone else that's here um, and of course like, I really really want us to, to progress um, who doesn't but the reason why I said, but the reason why I said that was because I think about it a lot and just think I've said it a couple of times already today right, where we are now compared to two years ago yeah. like just it's almost it's very difficult to really get your head round like if you'd like me and you sitting here now in this bar outside this bar in the middle of Leon like absolutely no chance if someone said this to me two years ago I would have just gone oh you've you got Covid mate yeah. like, <laughs> you got head fog like that's, that's, an, that's early signs of Covid like it's mental actually mental what David Moyes and those players have achieved for the club for us for the fans and I'm absolutely buzzing for tonight. Can't wait to get in there. Can't wait to get in amongst it with the fans. But whatever happens, I'll, I'll be standing there clapping, um, probably crying, one way or the other. You know me, I'm an emotional fan. I've had a couple of fans already. I cried after the Severe game, um, and I had a couple of people message me on Twitter again. I cried as well. So I know I won't be the only one of the We Are West Ham podcast. Team, family, family. Um, I know, the f- I know, I'll be bawling my eyes out one way or another tonight, and it won't be because of it won't be because I'm upset. It'd be pride, I think. Well, that is as little head and as much heart as I've ever heard, mate. You asked for it, I gave exactly. It yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely outstanding, mate. No. I'm the same, really. That you know, last time I cried at a game of football was West Ham uh, Great Escape Tevez at Old Trafford. That's the last time I cried. Just walking around my lounge, surrounded by my family who don't love West Ham as much as I do, like extended family. All, right, all West Ham fans-ish, but not as dedicated. Just going, we've done it! Can't believe it! We've done it! <laughs> just bawling my eyes out. Um, no, totally right, mate. Totally right. It's just pride. I'm so delighted to have had this. This is what we were promised. Let's remember that. This is what we were promised when we moved from, or we were ripped away from our spiritual home, Upton Park, a place we all love so much. And yeah, okay, London Stadium isn't the same. Uh, and this will be the same trope that we'll wheel out and that will be wheeled out by fans probably for, certainly for the rest of our generation. 
you know, the, the departure from Upton Park will never leave us, nor should it, really, nor should it, for people like us who, who grew up and fell in love with West Ham at that place. Uh, but ultimately, whether we wanted to or not, because we had no choice, the implicit deal was, listen, you might not like it, but don't worry, because we'll be better. We haven't been for ages, and that's why all of the justified fan anger came out as it did. But finally, West Ham fans are getting not only what they deserve, because I get a bit wary about that word, but what they were promised. And in any walk of life, if you promise something and the person promising it reneges on it, you get anger. In different ways, you might take someone to court. If you pay money for a car and the car don't turn up, you'd take them to court or you'd want your money back. Or you'd, like, you know, if you agree to, like, just things as little as eBay, like, our whole society is built on trades and it was a trade leave Upton Park which you all love and the football will be better it wasn't but it finally is so everyone listening to this podcast Jonesy went hard heart there overhead everyone listening to this podcast whether you're in Leon, watching it from afar whether you've been to every single West Ham game this season or you haven't been able to get to one for whatever reason where you live whatever it might be we all of us we may, we may feel like we deserve it but we, we were certainly promised it so it's certainly what we were all owed after the Upton Park debacle so enjoy it uh, Jonesy, any final thoughts before we sign off, you'll hear from Tom Abadie for the, a bit more technical analysis a bit of Leon Head uh, shortly, but Jonesy any final thoughts before we wrap this up and go and enjoy our afternoon uh, nothing more from really what I've already said just absolutely buzzing for it I'm excited I'm already emotional um, yeah just get me in that stadium get me in amongst the fans over the road and um, let's just enjoy every minute of it because yeah you, you said that it's what we were promised but I think also as a fan base we deserve this for, for so many years we put up with so much rubbish relegation battles Stadium, poor stadium move, poor recruitment with a squad, and somehow it's led us here. So let's enjoy it, and um, hopefully, we'll be going to Barcelona or Frankfurt in a few weeks' time. Absolutely, mate, absolutely. At We Are Underscore West Ham on Twitter, We Are West Ham Pod on Instagram, We Are West Ham Podcast on Facebook, search the same on YouTube for our channel as well. Uh, and thanks again as we mentioned to Rob earlier on who bought us five pints at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham we've had two of them uh, already this afternoon as we've been recording this podcast and we'll get the other three in very very shortly no doubt that's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham I haven't got anything more to say really heart overhead long live the Moisaya for bringing us to this position and finally paying the West Ham fans back what they deserved on behalf of the board. West Ham United are massive everywhere they go, over land and over sea. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next week. Down 
delighted to say joining us for an extra special opposition view all the way from the Netherlands is Tom Abadie from the Football Football L podcast. That's always going to be a difficult one. Yeah, it is a for me to one. pronounce. Tom, it's, it's one of those where you read it, and because the OL for Olympic Lyonne, it makes yeah. it makes sense, doesn't it? And then trying to get it's a, a bad uh, word, English, I think. Yeah, an Englishman with a very Essex slash Cockney accent is never uh, going to be ideal. But look, Tom, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We do appreciate looking ahead to that major, massive European quarterfinal second leg in Lyon on Thursday night after a one-all draw at London Stadium. Uh, Tom, just looking back, first of all, before we look forward, uh, when the draw was made for the quarterfinal as a Lyon fan, what were your thoughts when West Ham came out the hat? Um, well, I mean, I'm half French, half British, so obviously seeing an English team was, was a bit of a special feeling. Uh, I knew I'd be um, on board with a lot of opportunities to, to talk about West Ham and Lyon. So, I mean, this is a good example of it. Um, I think coming into the draw, I think West Ham had done, were doing still really well in the league and obviously just kicked out one of the favourites to, to win it. So it was a bit of a... Well, it was exciting. I think it, we weren't... Obviously, hoping to, we wanted to avoid Barcelona and maybe Leipzig. Um, I think West Ham is just under that tier. I think it's pretty fair to say. Um, but yeah, excited. I think you know, just to to be able to to see Leon play in London and so on we'll, was we'll see a, an exciting prospect. So, um, did we think we were favourites? Probably not. I think based mm. on league form, we were doing really poorly at the time. Uh, but we knew we had that European pedigree and had a bit more firstly experience and also with playing a bit better in Europe this season. So I think it was um, on paper, at least it was definitely going to be something that would be hard to, to, to fight for, but uh, mm-hmm. that we had a strong chance of going through. And we saw exactly that in the first leg. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, European experience. Here. I think that that became quite apparent, to be honest, uh, last Thursday. Were you at the game at uh, London Stadium? No, Thursday? I was not. I wish, right, right. Uh, but it was uh, yeah, firstly difficult to get into London. And uh, well, I mean, I was there the week before, which was a bit yeah, of a shame. Yeah, yeah. It was not planned, but um, I wish because that looked like it was one hell of a you know atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was obviously a bit of a strange one being at home for the first leg where we had severe away first leg last time round to bring them back home to London Stadium yeah. knowing we needed to win the game was it was phenomenal. Well, I mean, without the away goals, I guess it changes slightly. The, yeah, the of course. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, um, you mentioned their sort of Leon's sort of superior European experience or whatever. And I, I mentioned that that seemed to, to come to the fore somewhat last Thursday. I think Aaron Cresswell being sent off for a tackle that he probably gets a yellow or a challenge that he probably gets a yellow card for in the Premier League. Lots of, I mean, I'm being deliberately pragmatic because you're mm-hmm. on the podcast with us, but lots of West Ham fans were bemoaning, um, yeah. you know, some perhaps diving or embellishing of challenges and et cetera, et cetera, from Leon fans. A lot of criticism for Felix Way, the referee. Um, and or I, I'm a bit more pragmatic about my football anyway than lots of fans and I think looking at it from my point of view that's just what it seemed like it seemed we were playing against a team experienced in European competition know what they're going to get playing a bit closer to those fine margins that perhaps West Ham aren't used to being 
um, or having had far less European experience and than Leon, like you mentioned. Um, did you did you find that watching the game? Like, what did you make of the game, uh, sort of on that basis, and then a bit more generally? I think to go back to the the red card, I think it's even if you lack a bit of European experience, uh, I think Crespel shouldn't be putting himself in that kind of position. I think if you're putting yourself liable totally to agree. red card, yeah, if you're putting yourself liable to red card, then there's always the chance that you are going to be, you know, carded. So. Um, not ideal from him, uh, not the best defending, but uh, yeah, I obviously, you know, everyone I imagine saw the wink from Dembele after the after the challenge. You know, reminded us all of Ronaldo 2006, um, which must have been very pleasant for England fans. Um, but yeah, it was a ch- it was an interesting challenge. Did that take out completely of the game? I think a lot of West Ham fans, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I have embellished. The first half performance, I think it was more balanced than in what's been put out online. Uh, we weren't, Leon weren't being crushed by West Ham until the red card. I think it was no. uh, no, fairly so even affair. Fairly yeah. even. Uh, obviously, the second half changed a bit uh, because you know West Ham had to defend a bit more, being one man down. Um, I don't think it changed completely the game, but I mean, yeah, as you saw, you know, Bowen scored. I mean, we still think it's a bit of a ridiculous goal to concede, but you know, it's uh, it's Leon. We're used to it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not ridiculous, ridiculous. How so? Just fortunate. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, nothing against West Ham. It's just our own defending was was really yeah, poor. Yeah, yeah, um, sure, yeah. You know, both thing was like, you know what? How about I give you a gift? It's like Christmas. <laughs> Have this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think generally Leon. If if we go into the game and thought we'd get a one-all draw. Um, I would have been pretty happy with that uh, before the game. Uh, I think yeah. uh, on the podcast we said anything with, uh, you know, a goal difference would be fine. Yeah, uh, and we got a draw, so that's better than expected. Mm. Looking at the game, I think when you you play 45 minutes with an extra man, possibly think that it could have been a bit more. Um, but we didn't really get that many chances. I mean, Ariola was barely tested throughout the game. So I don't think we can really complain on that end. So overall, I think we, we were happy. I think um, with with the results, were we happy with the performance? Not exactly, but overall, you know, we've got to take the results and hopefully, um, I mean, hopefully for us, I mean, I know I'm on a West Ham podcast, but hopefully for us, we can uh, make it through on Thursday. Um, but we just want to avoid regretting, you know, poor chances or poor finishing from from mm. London. You know, if it goes down to the wire of a goal difference, then we might say we could have scored. Uh, we should have done more when we were man up in London. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I, 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 going back to the winking thing, as you mentioned, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I sort of didn't really understand too much the uproar of it. The guy has made a good run. Yeah. Like his run has forced the opposition into making a rash challenge, which the referee has decided to send him off for. Like I said, I, my opinion is that it was one of those like yellow and a half challenges. Yeah, it's sure. like a red's always going to be hard, or a red is always going to seem harsh to some people, and a yellow would also seem too lenient to some people. Yeah, I, I just the whole, felt whole element of last man standing. Uh, yeah, which exactly. Needs to be interpreted. I think he was going to have a shot straight away, you know, within yeah. the next 
five seconds he was going to have a shot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there is that last man tumbling element. Yeah, and that, you're right, and that, that I totally agree with you. Ultimately, Cresswell shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't mm. touch him. He just just let yeah. him carry on and trusting you to him. make I the mean, save. It wasn't Cresswell even Cresswell's fault. It was Zuma who's out of position. He was flat on his feet and he was trying to... So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But as far as the winking thing goes, I just didn't really understand the uproar on that. The guy's made an excellent run that has forced the opposition into making a tackle and the referee sent the player off, which means his team has now got an advantage. And he's like one of his teammates might have congratulated him or whatever and said, oh, good run, well played. And he's winked at him. I I just thought it was was pretty mad. Yeah, it's just a normal. It's like it's, I, it was slight malice, obviously, because you know, you know, he's put obviously not the harshest of challenges ever, and he's probably yeah, let he himself have go down a bit. It, but yeah. he's played it well. I mean, yeah. as you said, fine margins of European level. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so the, yeah, just a little one on on that. So um, how's the before we look ahead to to Thursday? Um, will you be there Thursday? I've, I'm traveling back to France tomorrow, but uh, yeah. not all the way back to Lyon. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so as far as league form goes at the moment, a one or draw at the weekend in Liga, I think uh, top half of the table, just about ninth. Am I correct in saying yeah, that? Or have it. you moved from the weekend? Yeah, um, I think to be quite honest, most West Ham fans, when the draw was made, didn't really it was only then that they looked at um at where Leon were in in Liga and I think they were surprised frankly to see them so low down a team that most English fans are used to seeing in at least the Europa League most seasons um often fairly often the Champions League as well see them in ninth was somewhat of a surprise what's 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 that down to or is that a surprise first of all and then and then what's that down to I have surprise. I mean, I guess that's the word. Uh, we were a bit um, peeved, I think is the word more for it. Um, it's been it's a slow decline, I think. Um, that was obviously that first season with Rudy Garcia. Uh, obviously, we we got to a semi-final of the Champions League the same year we finished seventh. So it was a bit of a weird one going from like the top of Europe to not playing it the next season. Um, and then the following year was a bit of a difficult one as well. So we said, you know, let's try it fresh. Let's bring in someone foreign. Uh, Peter Bosch has come in this summer. Um, and it's not been great, I have to be honest. As he's uh, he's partially to, to blame. I mean, he's made some poor decisions this year, um, gone with players that are out of form. Uh, he's very stubborn and doesn't want to change that many things. You know, if even if things aren't working, he will continue in his own way. Uh, we've been fairly unlucky with injuries as well. Uh, we'll talk about that for the for the game on Thursday, especially. But I think one of the main elements is that the key players haven't performed well, and as a collective, it's been really, really poor. So um, there's games as usual that Leon always sort of draw or lose. Um, you know, I'm thinking to Angers at the start of the year, we lost three 0 at their place, and it's like, well, how did that happen? But we always perform in the big games. Like we nearly. We should have beaten Paris in the first game this year. Um, in most big games, you know, Monaco and Marseille and all that stuff, we've stood a really good chance or have won. Uh, it's just when we get to the smaller teams, which represents a two-thirds of the league, then 
we're not performing. And when you don't perform against two thirds of the league, then obviously you can't really aim for any higher. So a bit disappointed, I think, of the season. Uh, it was a bit of a scrapey game, scrappy game on, on the weekend. Uh, but Strasbourg have been our fourth in the league. So, you know, if you take that into account, the ninth getting a point away against the fourth of the league, then, yeah, I mean, it's a good result. But we're Leon. We're not supposed to be all the way down there. Um, and at this point of the season, we're really just hoping to get probably Conference League at best. Mm. Uh, but a lot of people have just given up on the league our season. Are just hoping we can make a good run in Europe, maybe even win it to get into the Champions League next year, which would be yeah. one hell of a holdup. <laughs> it would yeah, really yeah, be yeah, a holdup yeah. being the season we've had. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, it's um... Chelsea 2012, I think. It goes back to that. Chelsea 2012 were like out of the Champions League and out of Europe mostly. And went to win the Champions League. And like, well, okay, well, let's well, we'll take that. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, fine. Um, the, the 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 funny thing about the like the some of the stuff you mentioned there is, you know, to get through Porto in the round before you mentioned us um, sort of taking on and knocking out a, a team like Sevilla with with such a huge European pedigree, yet. When 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 you look back and think FC Porto again another team with not just Europa League um, and the Europa League track record but have performed in the Champions League in in recent seasons as well. Um, obviously it was quite some time ago now, but winning it under Jose Mourinho all those years back, they're an established European powerhouse almost Porto. Um, so to overcome them, you must be doing something right. Yeah, I mean. Porto was funny because like we barely played them in our history in Europe and the last time we really played them was 2004 on the way for Porto to, to win the Champions League uh, again in the quarterfinals. Um, so it's, I don't know, we, we it was a bit of a scrap. The first leg we won in Portugal um, and I think that was deserved. Porto didn't really show up even with a very good season. You know, they're one of, uh, they've just beaten the record of unbeaten games in the history of Portugal uh, around like 58 or something. Um, the return leg was a bit of a tight one. I think uh, we could have conceded really late on and go to extra time. It was solid, you know, it wasn't exciting, it wasn't perfect, but um, we, we got through uh, eventually and, and played with our individualities. I think that's more the, the element that's important with Leon is that the collective is sometimes not great. We, we tight, we're tight together um, when it comes to defensive um, solidity, I guess, in Europe. But the real difference makers up front are individual rather than a collective force, you know, thinking to Manchester City, for example, being able to create space uh, against the tight blocks. Leon mm. do it with great dribblers and great individual talents rather than, than that. But, Passing, you know, yeah. uh, we talked about European pedigree. Most of the players on that pitch um, for Leon up front, at least, don't have that much experience. You know, you think right, Romanov yeah. started his first European game against Porto. Um, Paquette has barely played in Europe as well, so it's really trying to depend on pure talent rather than European pedigree at that point. Yeah. Um, and we've lost some players since. You know, Cacre didn't play in the first game against West Ham, and he's he's developed a bit of European pedigree as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we'll get to the to the injuries as well for for the return leg against West well, Ham. 
Yeah, that's what I want to do next, really. Just talk through some of your teams. We did it on last week's podcast, this to the best of our ability, really. But I think mm. one, uh, Moussa Dembele, uh, British fans have obviously heard of because of his time at Celtic. You mentioned Lucas Paqueta there, who I think is a name that has just started sort of eking into perfect, the yeah. psyche of um, of British fans. Yeah, Hussam Awar on, on the left wing, just perennially linked with Arsenal. Uh, yep. Gerard Boateng, for obvious reasons. Emerson, the left-back, formerly of Chelsea. Uh, and one man, though, and Tan- Tango Ndombele, obviously goal scorer. Um, I think West Ham fans don't actually mind him because uh, Tottenham paid £65 million for him or whatever, and he didn't lift a finger for them. So, uh, as, yep. uh, as a Tottenham despising football club, um, I think we actually hold Tango Ndombele in quite high esteem until, of course, he scores... The equaliser yeah. last Thursday. It just had to be. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, how's he been since he returned? Well, I mean, he's obviously just on loan. Uh, we've, we're quite happy to, to have yeah. him back. Um, he's been irregular, I think is the right. word. Inconsistent. Uh, he started really well. You know, the first two or three games, we're like, oh, we've got the Tongue and Dombele back that we had yeah. before. Um, you know, him, the type of player that he is, you know, it's it's using his his shoulders, his body language mm. to be able to go around the players and really move into space when he's at his best. Um, and it's been a bit consistent uh, throughout the late February, most of March as well. So we won't be paying the 65 million euros that right. uh, yeah, yeah. that Tottenham <laughs> wants for us, but um, he's. He's still a great player. Um, we we mm-hmm. used to love him when he was at the club and we still believe that he, he should be doing better. Um, Mourinho famously said that he should be the best player in the French camp uh, when he's a, on international duty, when he used to be at least, but that he, he barely makes an effort to be that. So yeah. it's on him. If he wants to be yeah, a great yeah. professional, he'll, he can be one, but he isn't at the moment. Well, what is that then? Because for Tottenham to pay that amount of money for him in the first place... Was he putting those show? He must he be was. putting those showing week in week out. What What do you think that the, obviously the change was? It seemed to happen when he went to Tottenham, and it's it's a different, tricky one. He was he did have times when he would go through games and just be transparent. Um, right. But then I was at his um, first ever game for Leon at the Parc de Princes against Paris, and mm. he had an XXL performance. You know, he mm. shot on the bar within the first ten minutes and just bossed midfield so he has that inherent talent it's just finding the right man the right manager to take it out of him uh mm. to prove it to the great public um and i think he really struggled you know i i've watched uh, all or nothing documentary for spurs and you see at times when he's really struggling with english he's struggling with the Mourinho tactics as well which is mm. not given to everyone uh to to be adaptable under Mourinho. yeah yeah and sure, Mourinho. Yeah did what he did with Pogba, you know, he took him uh, personally and was like, yeah, he's not good enough and really attacked him mm. a few times. And I don't think that could be any good for for young players. So, but it's not Mourinho's fault, you know, it's down to him and it's down to yeah, yeah, yeah. not performing well and it should be doing better. Yeah. Well, look, um, one, I say just before we, we move on, as far as your team goes from from last Thursday, we've mentioned those big names there that people have probably have heard of, but Malo Gusto, you're right back. Several different West Ham fans I spoke to, both during the game and afterwards, have mentioned 
and I'll be honest, I don't know how or why, but I didn't particularly notice it myself. But um, yeah, friends of mine and just other West Ham fans we've spoke to uh, sort of through the podcast, or whatever, mentioning how what a performance he had and what sort of a, a top class player he looked. I've just had a look. No particular his CV doesn't isn't particularly impressive beforehand or whatever. Um, what do you, what do you make of him? Is that normal for him? Is he one of your better players? I mean, he. It's unfortunate that he's the substitute for the captain, uh, Leo Dubois, right. uh, because otherwise he'd be playing every every game. Um, yeah. I agree with you. He didn't have his best performance um, in the first leg. Everyone um, was saying, how, no, all my friends were saying how good he was. I know, I know. And as a Leon fan, we were like, well, he could do so much better than that. He's partially responsible for the goal as well. Um mm. But we did see him, you know, running up and down. He, he's this athlete. He just sprints up and down the pitch and mm. and he's got electric pace. He's come into the first team this year. I think he might have played one or two games last year, came into the derby, notably in January last year, um, but has really started this year to, to emerge. Uh, has played a lot more with Leo Dubois being injured most of um, 2022. Um we truly believe that he's better than captain. Um, not that the captain's particularly popular at the, at the club anyway, but Gusto's been immense. Uh, he's just in line with so many other great talents from the academy. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were, particularly on, on Lukeba, a centre-back who I thought handled Antonio quite well. Some of my podcast fellow mates have thought he didn't. Um, but Lukeba's been immense as well this year and, and really in line with with the Leon DNA of, of bringing out great academy talent and Gusto and Lukeba are just uh, many in the in the line that are currently in the squad this year. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really... Um, I, I thought they were okay. Obviously, it was a strange game, wasn't it? Yeah, West it was. didn't really give you too much, too many problems. I was sort of quite in awe uh, yeah. of seeing Jerome Boateng play in the flesh. That was uh, yeah. obviously just, just because of who he... Who he is he slash is. was, um, yeah, that or was, was that was these quite, days, but yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, particularly with the um, particularly the with the, the era for the goal, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, again, I just I think it's quite. I I thought Leon were a decent enough side. It was a different prospect to playing against Sevilla, who I think felt more confident in their ability to take the yeah. game to West Ham and beat us. And I think Leon, whether it's just your style naturally or your manager had gone, oh, actually, they're a decent team. We need to be a bit more pragmatic and, like we said, sort of use the the dark arts of, of European football yeah, a little I mean, bit more. With Peter Bosch, and it's it worked, a bit of a, to be fair. Yeah, with Peter Bosch, it's always a bit of a trick run because he's always, um, for those who know a bit of him, you know, he, he's done, he's been to Ajax, been to Dortmund, been to Bayer Leverkusen. Um, but it's always been hoo-ha football. It's like all or nothing. And so... Mm. He regularly, especially in Germany, was was winning or losing games like four three and, and just conceding <laughs> yeah. loads of goals. Yeah. And I think throughout the season he's learned that maybe he should chill a bit and yeah, try yeah. and play a bit more pragmatic football, especially in Europe. So um we knew about the pace of, of Ben Rama and, and Bowen and, and all those players. And I think it was like even if we're man up, then maybe we take it step by step and we know there's a return leg at Lyon which hopefully should be a packed crowd and so on so I was a bit surprised about how pragmatic he, he was but yeah I guess he has been most of 2022 so 
Um, but yeah, there's definitely the element of this is a really good opposition. We got to be careful yeah. to not be overrun in midfield because you know you know this better than I do. West Ham's midfield is the the beating heart of the of the of the squad, and you know with mm. Sushek and, and Rice being there, um, we didn't have a best player. Kakre is is our best player this season, and if he's not there to control midfield, then we would have been overrun. So I guess there was that element of yeah, yeah let's try yeah. and do risk management or that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tom, let's look at look ahead to Thursday. Then sure. a huge game for both of our clubs. Obviously, West Ham fans haven't never been well. Certainly those of my age have never been mm. this far in a, a bona fide European competition before. So it's a mouthwatering prospect. I'll be heading out there Thursday morning. Um, I just can't wait for the game, really. Uh, I'm far more nervous than I was going into the second leg against Sevilla, as I was in the first leg, funnily enough. I just had a, I think mm. the being away second obviously makes it more difficult. The red card's awkward because Aaron Cresswell is one of our best players, yep. uh, both at the back and what he offers going Free forward picks. from his set pieces and corners. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, trepidation, really. It's not, you know, certainly not a game that, that I'm confident or brimming with confidence. I'm, I think we can win, but, uh, yeah, I've got. It's, I can't see it being. It's certainly not going to be an easy one. We've come off a disappointing result at Brentford on Sunday. Pete fans moaning about the players' energy levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm not so sure if I buy into that so much because we've had that at times this season where we have a bad result and then we bounce back straight away. Um, what are your thoughts going into the game? Then uh, are you sort of excited, confident after the first leg? How are you feeling? Um, well, I have watched, uh, one of my best friends here is a, is a West Ham fan, so I have watched most weekends West Ham. Um, bit of a disappointing one against Brentford, obviously, uh, and uh, obviously there was that lost, uh, there was a really scrappy game against Everton the, before the first leg. Um, I am not particularly confident, um, you know, I, I've predicted that we go through an extra time. Um, making it like a really tight game, not a draw in regular time. But it's not going to be a very high-scoring game. You know, you're not expecting the the best attacks of, of both of both leagues. Um, again, Jonathan on the podcast has said that we would lose on 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 penalties. While Liam has been like a bit like me, we go on, on extra time. So there's there's low confidence in terms of of the league standings and and how we've performed in the league. But we know that we're better and a different team in Europe and it's very often been the case you know when we went to the final eight in, in Europe uh, post-pandemic we were pretty atrocious in the league most of the year and yet we beat Juventus uh, and Manchester City and had a real good chance in the first half against Bayern so there's the element of European pedigree and we can surpass ourselves However, um, and I'm sure we'll get to it in, in team news, uh, we picked up a few injuries uh, on the weekend and that could be really detrimental and have to play some either players out of position or be a bit creative with with what we can line up. And that makes it a bit more scary, I think, that, that is for sure. But uh, we're, we're apprehensive, but excited mm. to, to possibly play again in, in European semi-final. Obviously, as I said, final eight was the last semi-final we had, but go back to 2017, we played also the Europa League semi-final and lost to Peter Bosch's Ajax. So right. it would, yeah, be, yeah, it would yeah. go full circle. 
yeah, yeah. So talk to me about those injuries and the team news and stuff, Tom. Um, was that your strongest team last week, first of all, their players missing from that? You mentioned a couple already. Kakaray then... was definitely missing, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think mostly the, the best lineup. Um, yeah. Obviously, centre-back parents has been a bit of a, a creative one this year. Boateng had a very good start of the season. Uh, and then sort of got injured, but also the manager believed he was criti allegedly criticizing him too much, and so left him out of the team for most of, of 2022. Mm. Uh, we've had Chago Mendes play well from you know drop down from midfield and centre back, uh, and I and was sort of hoping that that's reconducted um, this week because we didn't believe that Chago Mendes did so well back in midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's going to be a creative one because our and Ndombele are both out. Um, our and Ndombele, they got yeah. both injured at the weekend. Yeah, is that both right? injured at the weekend. Uh, Lopez went off for a, uh, a hit, so he took a took a knee to the the thigh uh, yeah. during the goal. So That's the keeper, yeah, keeper. Yeah. Uh, but he should be back. You know, it's just you know a bruised leg. Yeah, uh, should be fine. Uh, but otherwise, it'll be. You know, Julian Polisbeck, who's barely played in the last three years. So uh, that should be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, as for what's been predicted, I mean, we've we've said that we might go back for Leo Dubois, uh, right back, bring in a bit he's more experience. Captain, yeah. yeah, captain. Uh, we can't really leave the captain out for both of the best games of the season. Why is he so, why is he so unpopular, by the way, Tom, as you mentioned earlier? <sighs> he's got an, an attitude which is a bit off um you know he's, he's heavily criticized for being you know he's he's got the main argument that we have against him is he's got no lungs to run most of right. the game um doesn't defend very well he's got a great right foot going forward um you know thinking back to to some low crosses from outside the box like trent does sort of mm. whipping them in and getting good assists but other than that, he's he's really poor defensively. And, uh, so, other than not being able to run or defend, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't personally like the perfect him. Perfect combo um, for a right I back. don't particularly like him, but i got to defend him at times. It's just because he's so heavily criticised and then he he just, he's really cocky with stuff. Um, yeah. You know, he, last time, he, he provided assists after being booed for most of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he sort of shushed the fans. I was like, that's not going to help you. It's not going to help you at all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just really disappointing to, to see that he's our captain, but that's the way it is. He's got yeah, that leadership yeah. element. I'll give him that, but uh, yeah. it's just a bit sad. So I don't. Yeah, I think yeah. he might be reconducted uh, playing a right back. He played okay this weekend. Um, then it's all up in the airs of whether Boateng comes back in or Tagomendes plays there, Lukeba and Emerson will be there as well. Yeah. Then it's creative. You know, it's going to be a 4-2-3-1 again. Uh, and I think Paqueta is going to drop from 10 uh, and play in midfield. And then if Tagomendes wants to play midfield, he'll play in midfield. Otherwise, I think one of the, the wild choices that I've put forward is bringing back Jeffrey Nedelaid, who's, yeah. who's come from Arsenal, uh, for those who follow a bit of, of youth football and, as well. Um and who's sort of come back from his ACL injury. So he might be playing there, um, but has barely played in the last two years. So tricky one to, to put him in the deep end uh, against West Ham, you know. And, and then up front, it's going to be Dembele, Toko, Kambi, probably Fevre at some point, either yeah. 10 or on the wing. 
and then Tete, who made a very good impression coming off the bench and getting that assist. Um, He was a bit poor starting. You know, he's coming from from Shakhtar Donetsk uh, with that sort of Ukraine transfer window uh, that we've had over the last few weeks. Yeah, everyone was kicking off about that, weren't they? But yeah, yeah. And... um, he he had a bit of a poor game starting, uh, but I think I think we don't really have that many choices uh, at the moment. You know, we've as I said, Awar and Dumbale are out from this weekend. Kakre still recovering and might be available for semi final if we go through. And uh, Ryan Shirky, uh, one of our brightest talents, has been out for months. So you got to do what you got to do with with what we have. And uh, I imagine the bench is going to be rather young. Uh, Bradley Barcola, for example, is going to be present. So. I, I'm not sure exactly what Bosch is going to be doing or how creative he's going to get, but I imagine it's going to be a, a bit of a puzzle for him uh, yeah, in, yeah, in the for coming sure. up week and days. Um, so as far as style of play goes, Tom, just before we, we let you go, we've kept you for a while. Already really appreciate you having uh, having you on. The style of the game, we, we all sort of saw it on on Thursday and it was a bit skewed by that, that mm. red card. It sort of flattened the game out a little bit. Um, albeit both the goals came after it. Uh, what are you expecting from Thursday night then? Uh, West Ham United away at Lyon in the quarterfinal of the Europa League. Second leg, how good does that sound? It sounds really good. Um, as you said, West Ham haven't, in your lifetime, haven't been um, that far in a European competition. Um Leon obviously have a bit more experience and a bit more European pedigree and so on. But uh, we obviously, as I said, you know, this is one of our only chances of doing anything good with this season. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on there. Um, there's going to be, I'm really hoping that we have a big atmosphere at the, at the stadium. It's been a bit all over the place in terms of, of tickets and so on. Um, so I, is that I, like, I, sorry to interrupt. I'm just before you go on with the style of play thing, then on tickets and atmosphere, what what what's sort of the expectation for that? Is sixty thousand seat a stadium? I think West Ham only got yeah close to yeah allocation um, wasn't even three thousand. So well, assuming there's going to be a lot of Leon fans there, or not so much. I, I hope. I think with the way leg uh, in London, uh, they really botched it. So any of the the fans that could go uh, had to be a French national, which is completely stupid. Oh. Uh, because odd. we have a few, I think at least one or two. Uh, we've got the Leon Donners, um, right. so there's, there's nice, big Leon supporter clubs uh, in London yeah. and throughout the country. You know, the host of the podcast is from Leeds and would have loved to come down. And but because it's not a French national, you couldn't go to the game, which is oh, absolutely right. ridiculous. Uh, which is why yeah. we only had small part of fans, and there was a yeah. big sheet over the other part of the stand. Yeah. Um, as for the home game, it's been complicated to get tickets. Um, a lot of my friends are trying to go. Um, even the the people who have season tickets have really struggled to to find a way. There's a question of like, why is that then? I don't know. It's it's been really poorly run. I think because there's been so many fan troubles throughout the year, right. um, especially in France, but also throughout Europe since the pandemic. Um, they've really tried to control it, but doing really poorly. So mm. there's a question of having a code to unlock special seats and so on it's all up in the air the the fan mm. forums are a bit annoyed to mm. deservedly so but i hope that the club can bypass that and just release the last tickets for the game because yeah, yeah, it'd be sure. a real shame that in the quarterfinals we don't have a full stadium yeah um, yeah, yeah 
Have you the stadium is the stadium full for the big games in Usually, the league? yeah. I mean, it's sold yeah. out. Uh, I've been to, to Paris games there. I've been to, to Saint-Étienne, which is Derby as well. Yeah. Uh, that's usually quite full. Big games are always full. Um, I think most night games, you know, think to like Saturday or Sunday nights, as we have in, yeah. in France, it's always pretty full. Um, yeah. It's more of the afternoon ones uh, that sometimes just about make you above 50,000. But it's mm. still... You know, it's a big stadium, Lisa, and yeah, yeah. there's many to argue that it's too big for Lyon um, because you know Lyon is, is a big city, but not that huge. So yeah, um, it's a bit difficult to fill. But uh, yeah. I generally hope that the atmosphere is there. And you know, I was there when when we beat Juventus a few years ago um, for the final eight, before the final eight, mm. and the atmosphere is electric and, and just shivers you know you've got you know forever bubbling, yeah of course uh, yeah, blowing yeah. bubbles uh we've got our own song uh and that yeah, yeah, was yeah. acapella really and the whole stadium doing yeah. it so I'm what is it we get out that. of interest uh you don't have i'm not gonna make you sing it don't i don't worry. have the full name uh but right, it's something right, like fine, uh, you know red and blue are our colors uh leon is our heart or something along, along right, those yeah, lines. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it is yeah. a is a sounds better one. in french no doubt yeah uh yeah <laughs> I've, I've yeah, tried my yeah. best. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. It doesn't have quite the the the, the pop uh, link as as forever blowing bubbles. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't expect us to have like for uh, Mr. Brightside as our main song. You know, it's not quite uh, in the, the DNA, but it is a really powerful song that yeah, really comes yeah, out yeah. Uh, during big games. Um, so, so go yeah. go on and tell us, Tom, the st- the style of play. Uh, what how style you expect play, the game to go? I um, just I'm hoping game, it's yeah. a it's an open one. Um, you know, you always want uh, a big open game and so on. Uh, but I think it's going to be quite cagey, uh, especially if there's really creative midfield in terms of like players who've not played much or a bit of out of position. It might be take of time to, to adjust. So I'm expecting the first 20 minutes to be quite slow. Um, I just hope you don't get the same second half as we did last week. Uh, obviously mm. skewed by the yellow, the red card. But um, I do have that part of me which is like where both teams are a bit scared of missing something of of doing a mistake uh, at such a high level that's obviously going to possibly happen so there's going to be fine margins I'm not expecting a high scoring game um, I obviously want Leon to go through uh, uh, but I'm not going to you know um, fly my flag too much on this podcast it'd be a bit of a <laughs> a bit much but um, right. <clears throat> we, we gotta we gotta hope for that um you know, we I remember the last quarterfinal that uh, you know I mentioned uh, losing to Ajax in the Europa League a few years ago. We beat Besiktas in Turkey, uh, really scrappy game. Went all the mm. way to penalties, and that's one of my highlights as a Leon fan. Yeah, yeah, I don't hope that we go to to penalties, but if we do, and it was a really intense game, and we go through on penalties, then obviously it's electric. You know, winning nice. on penalties yeah, yeah. Is, is always a special feeling. Uh, you yep. think back to England and Euros and and so on. Um, yeah, you know, obviously not the final, but uh, no, yeah, I, know, back, I know, I know, I know. Go back to Colombia yeah. as well. Yeah. Winning on penalties has a special connotation. And, yeah, yeah uh, sure. For you my heart, I, I generally don't hope it goes all. The yeah, way that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just no. Um, yeah. If we can win, win it in in regular time, I'll be happy. Give with me that, a four 0 by half time. Please. Oh God, no! Please yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I know, I, I, I know yeah, what you expecting mean. A, clo- a close cagey game, uh, which is a bit unfortunate. But I think both teams, you know, you know, West Ham's better than I do. There's the element of 
let's sit back and counterattack yeah. properly. Yeah, um, yeah. And Leon have been doing that recently as well. So Fair if enough. both Fair teams enough. are ready to counterattack, then who's really going to keep the ball? Is, it, yeah, you know, exactly. is the ref going to yeah, take yeah. it? So who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, look, Tom, give us a uh, give us a score prediction. And um, I think it'll be two one in extra time. Two one two. Leon, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta, yeah, I, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'd be, I, I, if we go to extra time, I think I'd be happy, really, because I just, I don't know, I just don't feel great, too good about the weekend's performance. Uh-huh. I think it's quite a swift lesson we need to learn about the, the dark arts of European football, as we've spoke yeah. about already, that inexperience, that comes over time, doesn't it? You can't just sort of teach no, it no. week and yeah. then it I happens. Mean, so... Declan Rice, he's obviously played at a high level now with the Euros, but he's obviously mm. not played regular Champions League football either. Exactly, so... exactly. Which so now not I'm many hoping... players have in that No, club. that's true, yeah. that's true. Zuma's no, probably I'm... the one with the most experience. Yes, he is, yeah, guaranteed. But now I'm, I'm hoping that... Um, we can find, and we've we've done that this season. Uh, the big games against the big sides, we've beaten Manchester United, Old Trafford Liverpool. for the first time in 15 years. Liverpool, Chelsea beat Manchester City in the Carabao Cup, a competition they hadn't lost in for five years. You know, we've stepped up and delivered in the big games almost flawlessly, really. Mm. So, um, you know that that Brentford game, they've done the double over us this season. Yeah. Um, but you saw Leon, think, as well, the London derby done us hurt, I imagine. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. But I mean, it's not the biggest of rivalries, I guess. With no, Brentford. no, of course. And it's just like, you know, well, all right, we, it's easy to say we should beat them, but would I swap that for some of the big games we've won this season? Yeah, Absolutely not. So, uh, I'm hoping that, that Moisey's had a regroup, everyone's feeling fresh, and um, yeah, and the mindset's right for. For Leon on Thursday, and yeah, I've got a feeling if we're going to win at all, it might be an extra time penalties mm. job, but uh, I don't know if my heart can take it either. Well, look, Tom <laughs> Abadie from the Football Podcast there. Tom, it's been absolutely brilliant having you. I appreciate you giving us Welcome. all of this time uh, to look ahead to the game. It'll be brilliant for our listeners uh, to listen and see to what, what you've had to say. Um, I hope you enjoy the game. Not too much, of course. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.